Welcome to Lights at the End of the Tunnel, a place where we shine a light on, rant, complain, and try to find solutions about the MGA. After all, we are all in these tin cans together. Welcome back to Lights at the End of the Tunnel. Glad to have you back. Episode 12, recorded September 29th, 2018. This episode is for the bus riders. I haven't forgotten about you, and I finally have someone who will speak to me regarding your challenges, and there are many. Today I'm speaking with Charlton D'Souza. He is a bus advocate. He is doing the Lord's work by actually riding the buses in all boroughs, trying to find what the problems are and to and advocate for you. As longtime listeners might know, buses are sort of my blind spot as I don't ride them all that often. So I'm happy to find someone and have someone on the podcast who can share your trials and tribulations of the bus rider. After all, I am looking out for all of us. I want all of us to get from point A to point B safely, no matter what your mode of transportation. Today we discuss the Staten Island revised bus routes, the transit woes of serious transit deserts like the ones in the Bronx and Queens, Brooklyn's issues with their pockets of transit desert, and Manhattan's issues with congestion, along with many other issues facing our bus riders. After our discussion, I will provide a summary of Charlton and my conversation, along with my thoughts on the bus situation. Then I will provide contact information for both Charlton and myself. Please enjoy. Today I'm speaking with Charlton D'Souza. He's a bus advocate. He's doing the Lord's work by actually riding all the buses in all the boroughs, trying to find what the problems are. As longtime listeners might know, buses are not our buses are my blind spot as I don't ride them all that often. So I'm happy to have someone on who could share their trials and tribulations with the bus rider. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us how you got started being a bus advocate. Um Well, three years ago, I was stranded by the bus. Um, I was waiting three hours in Queens Village, and no bus showed up. So I called the bus command center, only to find out that um, there were no drivers to fill the run. So basically, there was no service. Um, A a dispatcher came, and suddenly a bus showed up out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, a lot of passengers were upset because they were waiting for such a long time. Okay, we'll go borough by borough and talk about the bus situation. We're going to start with Staten Island, the forgotten borough, but I haven't forgotten about them. Staten Island recently went through a significant bus revision. Clearly, there are issues. There are issues with taking stops away and forcing people sometimes to walk on roads without sidewalks. Please share your thoughts on the Staten Staten Island's bus flows. Well, I think it's deplorable what's going on in Staten Island. Um, I've been following it very closely, and I can tell you that what they did by having the bus, all the buses go down Fifth Avenue, number one, was a disaster. Whoever came up with that idea at New York City Transit should be fired. Uh, because what happens Everybody during, should be fired at the MTA. What happens during Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, it's going to be a traffic uh, gridlock nightmare. So I'm glad, in a way, that the MTA decided to have all the buses, or at least some of the buses, go down uh, Lexington Avenue, and they restored it back. But my whole thing was a lot of money was wasted on all the number changes and all of that. Well, James Odo, the president, the borough president, has worked very hard to revise the revisions. 
you know, he's constantly talking about it. He's constantly trying to help alleviate the woes and make it better because he, he knows what the problems are and he's trying to do right by his borough. So when the apocalypse happens, hopefully, you know, I'm pretty, I'm very sure that Gail Brewer and Eric Adams will be on top of it too. So, you know, big up to, you know, James Odo for doing his job and correcting the MTA's problems with Staten Island because Staten Island relies on the buses because they have no real rail system. So in order to get into the city, they have to use the buses, which is appalling. The the commute in Staten Island is appalling. Um, Yeah, well, I think that that, that's a problem um, in a sense because... You know, the borough president knew what the service plans were going to be. The union had already worked this out with MTA. So I'm disgusted with the bus drivers' union because they should not have allowed those changes to even be implemented and then put passengers through all that mess. And then they had to do schedule revisions uh, before September, before Labor Day. And they're still making schedule revisions uh, to this part. So for that, I say, you know, it's good that they were able to do that. Um, but they shouldn't have put commuters through this mess. And commuters were not even given uh, a heads up on what was happening. They only interviewed a few thousand commuters when, you know, about three to four million used the Staten Island bus system. Okay, what are your thoughts on the double-decker buses that were the pilot program that was started when Byford started? What are your thoughts on that? Um, Well, I saw the bus, and I like the fact that, you know, wheelchair accessibility, there's a ramp. So the wheelchair can go, um, you know, up the ramp into the bus and not on the steps. So I like the idea. It's better for the bus driver. It's better for the easier loading. And actually, um, the only problem with the double-decker buses, though, it could be a safety issue if someone's tall upstairs and they're trying to come down the steps. So that's something the MTA might want to work on. But actually, I think overnight, you know, that could work out uh, where there's capacity needs like for the SM1C uh, or something like that. So they made a good idea with the double-decker buses. Well, actually, it wasn't really Byford's idea. Of course it wasn't Byford's idea. Byford just took credit for it. Right. But you were there for two months before it got started. Yeah, started. The, all of MTA's programs and policies move at a glacial pace. So it was probably someone's idea 15 years ago. Byford just stood in front of it and was just like, look at what I did. You did nothing. You did nothing. Now, let's talk about the Bronx, transit desert, especially in the Northeast. In August, there was word that the MTA is considering halting expansion of the select bus service to outer boroughs. This is very significant to the Bronx. In your travels in the Bronx, what are your experiences with the buses there? What needs to be improved, especially in the Northeast? Um, Well, the Bronx has always had bus issues. Same thing with Southeast Queens, where I live. Um, the only thing with the Bronx is they were actually the first ones to get select bus service, but the problem is the, the MTA has not really invested the money. Like, for instance, the BX12 uh, that goes down Fordham Road, that was the first select bus that was implemented in the Bronx about six or seven years ago. And the problem is the service is actually very slow, very crowded, and a lot of the uh, MetroCard machines where you get your SPS ticket are broken. No, that's not good. Yes, it's so, not good. So how do, how do you get on the bus, the select service bus, if they're not working? I take the local bus, but unfortunately a lot of kids are being arrested uh, because the police have mobile vans ready to process people, um, and it's not right. It's really not right. So they're, they're accusing them of fare beating, but they can't get the fare because the kiosk is broken. That is correct. 
it's just typical. It's just typical BS. It's broken. It's our fault. Therefore, we get penalized for your problem. Typical. Any other thoughts on the Bronx and their bus situation? Yeah, the Q44. Um, last Saturday, I was in the Bronx. Uh, I was campaigning for uh, Acacio Cortez, and she's running for Congress. So what happened was I was waiting for the Q44. I had to wait 45 minutes, and three buses came at the same time. Yeah, staggering is a problem. Yes. All over the system. Yes. So it's just like... And I also don't like the time clocks. It just shows you, like, the stops and not the time. Well, but, that's, but that doesn't help you when it's, like, high peak rush hour or it's raining or it's snowing. It's like, yeah, it might be three stops away, but you might be standing there for 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, if I may comment on that, um, MT has GPS installed on all their buses. Unfortunately, um, the bus command center is not utilizing the GPS to track buses because they have a thing with the union that they don't want to get the bus drivers in trouble, but it's the MT's fault because why do they buy GPS technology and they're not using it to track the buses? You have buses running all over the city with big bunching gaps. Like for instance, the M15 on 2nd Avenue. Sometimes the M15 has, you could be waiting an hour and then four or five buses will come up. So I blame supervision for that primarily. Well, yeah, because it's their job to make sure they run effectively yes. and efficiently yes. and dispatch. That's, yes. that's, that's what they do. You can go now, and then you go, and then you go, and then, it, and then when like four or five of them show up at a time, it just causes gridlock with regular traffic. Yes. And then they're budging out into traffic to move so other buses can, can get in, and then pedestrians can't get through, and it's just a big fat mess all the time. Well, also you have some drivers, I, if I can comment on this. They don't, they don't want to do their jobs, and they don't want to pick up. So you'll have one driver who will we'll be the third bus. He'll let the two buses pick up everyone. And then at 34th Street, he'll just bypass the two crowded buses and go down to South Ferry. That's the stuff that's going on. It's disgusting. Okay. Let's talk about Brooklyn. Now it has pockets of transit desert. Yes. What are the issues facing Brooklyn riders? Um, well, I know the B82 uh, SBS, which is actually starting tomorrow. Um, on Down Kings Highway, uh, it took them. It took the MT four years to get that implemented, because uh, a lot of small businesses on Kings Highway were against the implementation of uh, select bus service. Why were um, they against it? Because they wanted parking. Uh, they wanted to be able to have cars park in front of their businesses, and part of the SPS plan didn't allow for that. Okay, so Brooklyn are facing riders not only issues from the MTA itself, but businesses on Kings Highway who didn't want to select bus service there because it would interfere with customer traffic. Yes. Other than that chunk of Brooklyn, what, else, what other issues does Brooklyn face with their bus transportation? Um, well, I've always thought, this is just my personal opinion, there is no bus from Queens to Brooklyn that takes you from uh, Jamaica all the way down to South Brooklyn. And the thing I was upset about with the B82 is that it goes, it, it, it doesn't really come into Gateway Mall, uh, the new SBS bus. It's actually one exit off on Pennsylvania Avenue. So they could have added it into Gateway Mall to connect with the Q8 okay. from Jamaica. They didn't do that. That would have made sense. Yeah. I mean, it, there's so, there's, for years, forever, people have been trying to connect Brooklyn and Queens just to make it easier. 
and they just won't do it. Yeah. It's like it's either through train or bus, trolley or whatever. Even when trolleys were around, they couldn't make it work. Right. It's like it's this fever dream in the city for the past hundred years or so that there needs to be some kind of service between Queens and Brooklyn and then connecting somehow the Bronx. Like this triborough thing has just been in the works for like 110 years and no one can make it work. The MTA won't do it. Oh, um, I know I've they been won't. To several meetings and they've said they've given us every excuse. They should have a bus that goes from Fordham Road all the way into uh, LaGuardia Airport, and they've refused to do it. But I'm hoping that, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the new congresswoman, when she gets elected, will change all of that. That's my hope. Well, you know, she's up against a lot. Yeah. She has to have other people behind her to get that going, because as much as people don't want to admit it, the MTA is a political machine. Yes, it is. It's actually comprised of all of our elected officials who do nothing, so. (laughs) Queens, another large transit desert. The expansion, again, expansion of select bus service would be helpful there. What are, the, what are the issues facing the growing population of Queens? Well, I actually live in Queens, so I'm going to be a little bit biased about okay, this. I'm going to add my opinions, that's if fine. you don't mind. I don't care. Um, well, you've already expressed your opinions on the MTA board and yeah. the union <laughs> and everybody. Um, so this won't be a surprise to anybody. Well, I feel Queens, you know, one fair thing I can say that the MTA hasn't done is night owl bus service. This was something that I implemented, I spoke to Andy Byford about, because they do have night owl bus service in Toronto, they have it in Los Angeles, they even have it in San Francisco, but for some reason New York City doesn't have that. And one of the things Andy Byford said was when he came in, he was going to make quick changes that people could feel. Well, when I mentioned this to him at the MT meeting, uh, the Passenger Advisory Council, uh, he shot it down. And he said it would cost too much money to implement, and we didn't have the money. So my thing with him is, you know, that's a bunch of bull, because if you look at the express buses, like the QM6, uh, the QM1, those buses are running down Queens Boulevard and Union Turnpike empty at 12.45 in the morning, because people cannot afford $6.50. So why not eliminate those runs and convert them into Night Owl Q60 buses? Right now, the Q60 runs every 30 minutes. And, you know, for me, I live in Queens Village. So if I'm coming from Midtown East, if I take the subway at night, it takes me about three hours to get home. But if I took the bus, I could do the trip in an hour, and an hour and a half. So I feel that that's not right. And I feel that, you know, with the cabs, you know, the charging people $80 to go from Woodside to Jamaica is ridiculous. So I would say that Queens really needs, and actually Queens should have been the first borough to have a bus overhaul because Queens is the borough of buses. There's parts of Queens that go by Nassau County where we don't have any uh, proper bus service. And it's a problem. You know, a bus ride for me takes 45 minutes. Just Just to to get get, to a train, right? Right, to a train, yeah. It's appalling. And then the MTA said, oh, you know, we feel sorry for you guys. So we're going to give you something called Atlantic Ticket. The problem with Atlantic Ticket is that we have to pay $60. We get a 30-day, we get a 7-day unlimited metro card on one side, and there's a 7-day Long Island Railroad unlimited. But the problem is we can't use it to Penn Station. We have to go all the way to Atlantic Terminal Brooklyn and then get on the B&Q train and get stuck there. You tell me, does that make any sense? They want to make it difficult on you so you won't use it. 
Right. They've, they've created a program that if it, were, if it was effective and efficient, it would work great and everyone would do it. But they do things purposefully to make things difficult, it seems. It's like they just can't have anything be simple. And when you were talking about Night Owl bus service, it reminds me of Scott Stringer's report that he wrote earlier this year, it was late, late last year, about how the MTA needs to do better with third shift and off-peak hours yes. for workers yes. and students, basically. Yes. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, if this buses run 24 hours a day, buses should too. Is that just in Queens that they don't run 24 hours? or? Well, no, citywide, most routes do run 24 hours. Even where I live, the bus runs 24 hours. But here's the problem we're having. Um, a lot of trips are not even coming out at night because there's breakdowns, like at Queens Village Depot, uh, there's been missing runs on the Q27, uh, missing trips on the Q2, and then for the buses that are running, a lot of the drivers are leaving early at night. Like for instance, there's a run that I take sometimes in the early morning. It's the 221 bus out of 179th Street. The guy shows up at the train station at 2.15 and pulls out. And, you know, so now people are coming off the subway and they've missed the bus. Yeah. So the only way for us to get home is we have to use the Nassau County bus. Okay. And that's a whole other issue, which, you How know, much does that cost? Uh, it's the same thing. You can use your MetroCard on okay. it. It used to be owned by MTA, okay. Long Island Bus, which was taken away under Cuomo. I don't know if you know that. No. Why was it taken away by Cuomo? Budget cuts. They eliminated Long Island Bus Company. Okay. Which was part of, which, which was an agency within the MTA. They was this Cuomo it. one or Cuomo two? Uh, this was Cuomo two. Okay. And this was also uh, Ed Ed Mangano, uh, the Nassau County Commissioner, who you know got into corruption probe recently. So he destroyed Nassau County's bus service, and now they have a private company running it called Transdev, and the service is horrible. So, th but you can't use your Metro card on it. It's just that they're unreliable. No, you, on Nassau County, yeah. yes, you can use your MetroCard. They okay. take all forms of MetroCard. Well, I suppose it's good, but you have to, but they have to be there, and they have to be willing to take you, and they have to be there. Well, the way Nice Bus works, or the Nassau County Bus works, they pick up in Queens, uh -huh. but they don't drop off in Queens. So I live on the Nassau County border of Queens. Uh -huh. So what I do is I get off at the border and walk back into Queens. It's like three minutes. That's stupid. Well. <laughs> That's dumb. That's dumb that you have to do that because the MTA just doesn't do their job. You have people going into Long Island. Stop it. I could tell you a story about, you know, when I was working, I worked for the city. Okay. And, you know, after Hurricane Sandy, uh -huh. we had no buses. I had to go to Nassau County at 3 o'clock in the morning and get a bus oh to God. go to the subway. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Okay. Manhattan, not a transit desert. However, lots of traffic and congestion. And one of the reasons why there's so much congestion is because the MTA doesn't do their job. So uh, as far as the buses go here in Manhattan, what are the issues they face? I know that trucks and bus lanes, bikers and bus lanes, police cars and bus lanes, cars and bus lanes. Um, when it snows, it's terrible. Well, I don't know if you know this, but bus service in Manhattan has steadily been dropping, okay. um, according to the MTE. And the reason why bus service in Manhattan is so bad is because they don't have dedicated bus lanes and they don't have the dedicated enforcement by the police. If the police were out there every day towing cars and enforcing the rules, things would be so much better with the bus service. I feel that, like the M15 for instance, 
you know, the First Avenue works. The bus lane on First Avenue does work. Mm -hmm. But the bus lane on Second Avenue doesn't work because it's on curbside. If okay. they were to put the lane in the middle, it would be fine. Yeah, like they did on 3rd Ave. Right. That they, Traffic moves, when they were constructing it, everyone was complaining about it. But it seems to be more effective yes, when it it's does. in the middle. It's like that's why the trolleys were in the middle back in the day. Yes. Because it's like if you're in the middle, you can move faster where you don't have to go out in the traffic yes. and then come back in. in. And yeah. yeah. I agree See, with you. Yeah. It yeah, well, it's like, yeah. It's like, why? It's like, just if they just managed their schematics and figured that out, it would be so much easier here in Manhattan. Well, you know what it is? They have the same people in operations planning that's, that's been there in 15 years, and that's the problem. They need to bring in... They, see, the problem is when they make all these service designs and changes, they do not talk to the bus operators. And if they were to talk to the bus operators, they're the people out there every day. The MTA would save a ton of money. I could give them ideas. If they would just talk to passengers. Also, yes. If they would just hold, if they actually held a meeting with passengers and actually listened to them, that's the operative word, that they would understand what the actual problems are and then they can fix them. Because, But they don't do that. If you want my personal opinion, I think the MTA should be abolished. Did you know that the MTA is the fifth largest debitor in the United States? I did not know that, but yes. share that information. They, um, work, they work on debt. Yes. That's all they do. Yes. It's like they are constantly in the red. They've been in the red for decades. They don't actually work on a system of flush cash. They're constantly loaning and lending, or they're loaning out their lending money. Right. And they've been in constant debt forever. So when they say they don't have money, that is true. But they're paying their bills with debt which isn't good, and it's at our expense, which is why the signals and switches underground are 80 years old. I was there during the crisis when they had the big board meeting, and a lot of the board members, I can which, tell you... Which, the crisis is still happening? This was the crisis about eight years ago when the MTA had the meltdown during the, uh, during the uh, Wall Street crisis when okay. the banks crashed, okay. and none of the board members, all these problems we're having today is because too much of stupidity was spent on the Fulton Center. They spent billions of dollars yeah. on the Fulton Center. They didn't need to build that. No. They could have just used that money into signal. So the MTA had the money. They, they did have the money. Think about Second Avenue, the fever dream for the past 80 yes. years in New York. Think about Hudson Yards. Yes. And when that opened, leaks, they used cheap spray on concrete, leaks that they had to, that they had to repair. It was Second Avenue, there are um, fire alarms that don't work. Yes, I know that. And meanwhile, hundreds of millions of dollars for facelifts to stations that they don't even put in elevators. So they have the money. They're just spending it poorly. Right. And I blame, I really blame, I blame the MTA board, but I also blame the elected officials because all the board members are appointed by elected officials. And what angers me, and I don't want to offend you, Sarah, but all the board members, I think there's only one Puerto Rican on the board so I feel that diversity is key. You have to have passengers on the board, yeah. not elected appointees. A lot of the board members do not ride the bus. They don't, they don't ride, the, ride the train. No. They have but cars. They, but they get free metro cards, though. Yes. So it's like, but more. not only do they have cars, they can afford to drive, but they can also afford to park in the city. Yes. So it's like they're driving everywhere, or they get driven to places, and they don't have to worry about it at, at our expense, right. basically. So what are your experiences at board meetings that are open to the public? 
Well, I'm not happy with the meetings. I think there was only one meeting that I ever attended at the MTA that I thought was the best meeting ever. They had a meeting at New York University a few years ago when Elliot Sanders was the chairman and CEO. And this was before the financial meltdown. And they had an all-day roundtable where we got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. And we all sat and gave our ideas. And we were all working as a group at every table. Okay. Uh, but the board meetings to me are a disgrace. And my biggest thing is I've been trying to get a meeting with the CEO. I have, actually have a letter where they promised to come to my neighborhood to meet with the constituents. They never met with us. And I'm very angry about that. And I just feel like the board meeting, you know, Andy Byford is trying. Things have improved a little bit at the board meetings now. But years ago when I used to go there, um, it was just people listened. But at the public hearings, no one showed up. None of the board members showed up. It would only be agency presidents there, okay. and that's it. So, with Andy Byford now, is the flow better? Does it does it move faster? Are there more interesting topics discussed, or is it just basically like everything is okay but not? Well, the MT is still an emergency crisis uh, that was declared by Governor Andrew Cuomo. So we're still at, the MT is still in a state of emergency. Uh, that's for New York City Transit and the Long Island Railroad. Um, but I just feel that they're not, they're not getting it, the basics right. And, you know, <laughs> if they could get service changes and if they could have, like, you know how for Staten Island, they had people with orange vest at every bus stop? Right. If they could do that in the subway system on Friday nights and Monday evenings when the service changes go into effect, that would be so... I think that would make things... People would have more reliability in the MTA, and they would feel a little bit more confident. But over the summer, I have noticed that the trains have been a little brighter, a little cleaner. Um, they clean the trains every eight to ten weeks. That's what I was told, too, on the seven, yeah. Yeah, which is gross. Gross. Well... Well, you want to talk about gross for a second. Let's talk about the bed bug situation. Yes, I'm very now, angry about that. Now, they claim... They claim that, um, they told me when I, on Twitter, I was just like, well, what about the bed bug situation? And they're like, well, our exterminator went on and they said they didn't find anything. And my reply was this, I, I'm more inclined to believe eyewitness testimony. So you had help crafting legislation to talk about the bed bug situation. Well, and, the post, me, and the Post actually acknowledged that they've cut way down on fumigation. Yes, well, let me clarify a couple of things. William Colton, State Assemblyman William Colton was the one who introduced the bed bug bill many, many years ago, about five years ago. And every year he kept bringing it to the state senate. They kept rejecting it. So it wasn't until I spoke to my state senator, uh, Leroy Comrie, to sponsor the bill, he did sponsor the bill. And me and his legislative staff were working to get it passed to okay. become a law. Unfortunately, it didn't happen because the MT's legal department didn't want it to be passed, and also, you know, the governor's people didn't want it passed, because they don't want to create a public scare, because under the legislation, it would have required the MT to report bedbug findings on the MT's website as soon as there was a sighting, so that was the issue. But we need to know these things. Yes, I agree with you, I'm, and I can tell you personally, the bedbug situation is out of control. Um, one of the things that I'm trying to do now with the MT and Andy Byford 
is we're pleading with him to get rid of the wooden benches because that's where the bed bugs are you know infesting that's where they're coming out of mm -hmm. so we can get rid of the wooden benches that's one preventative measure another one would be hot steam cleaning right. of all the train cars that would also be a good measure and also to keep mentally ill people from uh, you know basically um, you know sleeping on the trains and just rotting there I think what New York State has done with the homeless situation and even New York City I think it's a disgrace any elected official who rides the subway and sees that should be ashamed of themselves because that means they failed in their jobs and there's so much Mayor de Blasio spent billions on this billions more money than any other administration and yet he has nothing to show for it nothing nothing to show for nothing. it he talks of a good game Bill de Blasio talks a lot when he's in the city when he's not out in Iowa saying that he's saving New York City but there's nothing to show for it that seems to be but how come we didn't see that during the Bloomberg administration we didn't see it this bad I think it's the worst I've ever seen it and that's probably my biggest issue with the MT right now is you know I get that there's gonna be train delays we get that they could improve on communication they have to improve on that and also they have to make the subway safe there has yeah. to be law and order if you're I could be homeless you could be homeless but if we're sitting on a train and we're okay and we're not bothering anyone that's one thing my issue is with the mentally ill individuals who sit there for five days they're off their medication now they're attacking passengers a passenger got stabbed uh, the other day at Union Turnpike on the F train right. um, so I blame the transit police uh, you know part of NYPD because when the transit police was run by MTA years ago you know before Giuliani came into office mm -hmm. it was much much better uh, they had about at the time I think uh, 20,000 cops okay. running the transit division now there's only like 4,000 police officers and a lot of times the transit police are being put on special details to do the UN mm -hmm. to do so they're not really focused on the subway and I feel that that is a failure of the Blasio's administration okay what are your thoughts on the armada of buses that will be going through the village during the L train shutdown? Not only through the village, but over the bridge. You know they're going to get stuck behind, you know, sanitation trucks and all that. The, the village is not equipped to handle that much traffic. Well, here we go again. You know, um, I think that it's horrible what those poor people are going to go through. And they're being lied to. Everyone in the East Village is being lied to. You can run all the buses you want to run. But that's not going to make up for the L train service. So I think what the city needs to invest in is more ferries. Um, one thing de Blasio did do in his mind was to get the NYC ferry thing passed. Yeah, the fast ferry. And I've and, been on the ferry, and they're, actually. And they're considering making bigger ferries to handle more people. But at the end of the day, I don't think people have really put in how much time it's going to take to load hundreds of people and unload hundreds of people and then go back. Well, one of the suggestions I had at the meetings was why not even have a bus that runs in the Midtown Tunnel? You could have a shuttle bus in the evening that goes in one direction to do drop-offs mm -hmm. from the city. That would kind of help the people who live more towards Greenpoint Avenue, right. those people that use the L train. 
but you could also run a bus on the Manhattan Bridge because there's no buses on the Manhattan Bridge. You could put a bus lane there. Why hasn't the city thought of that? You could even put a bus lane on the Brooklyn Bridge. Did any of these idiots think about this? I mean... Well, I think, you know, they don't want to put buses on the Brooklyn Bridge because it's the Brooklyn Bridge. Now, the Manhattan Bridge, if they want to do that, that would make sense because the Manhattan Bridge is one of the few bridges that actually kind of moves freely through the day. It's not as congested as the Brooklyn Bridge or um, the, the Queensboro Bridge. So, yeah, it might work on the Manhattan Bridge. Also, what was suggested was, you know, the letting people use the Long Island Railroad from East New York to Atlantic Terminal yeah. so that the people dissipate on the 2 line, on the 4, on the 6. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a crush load of people. And the MTA has rejected that idea. They've rejected all sound ideas that make sense to the commuters because the commuters are saying it. Bus advocates are saying it. Train advocates are saying it. People who don't have any power are saying it. But because they're not in it. They don't see it. So they're just like, our idea is great. What are you worried about? It's like, because we're in it every day. I think that's the governor's fault. I actually <laughs> think that Andrew Cuomo, he got lucky this election. I can tell you I didn't vote for him. I voted for myself. Yeah, um, you were a writing I, candidate? Yes, I okay. did a write. I didn't even, you wrote your own name in there? Yes. Okay. I didn't even vote for the other one that was running. Cynthia uh, Nixon? Cynthia Nixon, because I hate to say this. She was running for the governor of New York City. Right. <laughs> She's dumber than he is. Oh, my God. I'm sorry okay. to say okay. that. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, I'm supposed to be professional. But like. I just felt like she, you know, with the whole drug thing and marijuana, to have people smoking marijuana, and they asked her a very fair question. Uh, what happens if a kid asks their parents about drugs? And, you know, she couldn't even answer that. And I just feel that's what got me. And I said, you know what? I can't deal with this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, you have to admit that you know, she she worked really hard to try to get people to focus on the MTA and force, and force Cuomo to actually, you know, acknowledge it once in a while. She didn't come to my neighborhood. She wasn't in Southeast Queens. She wasn't. She was. She she spent a lot of time in Manhattan. But at least you know there are trains there, so you know. But you know, I still think she should just run for borough president or mayor and then go from there and see what I happens. I think she might be a good mayor. I, I think she, I think she would. Yeah. But you know, work your way up to governor. If you could have Andrew Cuomo, Joe Loda, and Andy Byford in a room, what would you say to fix the bus situation? Well, what I would say to them is, one, meet with all the bus drivers citywide and look for cost-effective savings so that you could use that money in places where it's needed. And I have noticed one thing. Some neighborhoods that are affluential have more bus service than the poorer neighborhoods. Of course, because they have money. Money. And it's that's... the same thing with City Bike. City Bike didn't go to the Bronx. No. City Bikes didn't go part to Queens. Right. They, they stayed in Manhattan, and they stayed in nice parts of Brooklyn where there's money. But I feel that that question, you know, there's more I want to say about that question because I would say to Joe Loder, and I've actually said this to several board members, I feel that... Like in San Francisco, you know, for the BOT system, all their board members are actually elected by the passengers. Nice. We should do that. We should do that. And I think once you get passengers on the board, you'll see the corruption disappear. The problem is a lot of the board members, you know, a lot of them work in the corporate sector. So in the, what happened in 2008 was some of those board members were working in the banks. Mm-hmm. So they had to go with the banks. And, you know, I'm not trying to put, put anyone under the table. But at the same time, I'm just saying the way the system is set up now, it creates a culture 
of uh, cronyism, uh, bureaucracy, and it just adds to the you know mismanagement and corruption that's going on at the agency, and it needs to be reformed immediately. True. What would you say to Loda? Well, I've met Joe Loda. He actually came to our Democratic breakfast. Okay. Um, and I told Joe Loda, I said that you know he's claiming that he took credit for Sandy, that he got the subways back up. I thought that was very wrong of him to use a tragedy to try to boost himself up for office uh -huh. because it was transit workers, many of them who had lost their homes, mm -hmm. many of them who had nothing, who still reported to work and served the public with respect and dignity. So I think he should have given the credit to them. And, you know, I felt that he took advantage of that to run for governor, uh, mayor, many okay. years ago. And what would you say to Andy? I know you've had conversations with him. My thing with Andy, personally, I told him he should have spent, before he took the transit job, they should have given him six weeks and he should have done undercover boss and just roll the transit system. They should have let him work overnight, work as a conductor job, let him do the roles of the transit jobs he should to have, understand. He should have ridden the R from 95th Street and Bay Ridge to to uh, where it terminates at 71st Street. Oh, the R is a disaster. And go under the Montague and then get stuck in the Montague and then have to deal with that like I have. It's the, awful. Yeah, the R train is a... It's awful. It's, it's a it's, disaster. It's terrible. I, I, yeah, it's awful. You know, I used to take... I got the, feelings about it. <laughs> I used to take the R train when I was in high school and to this day, it still runs. Sometimes it comes 12 minutes. The thing with the R train, when it comes, it either comes two trains together mm -hmm. or it doesn't come. And you could be waiting and waiting. Yeah. And one of the things that I actually proposed a few years ago was that the R train should run overnight. Because Broadway, I don't know if you know this, but the ridership on Broadway is getting heavier than the 6th Avenue ridership, even on weekends now. Broadway line has changed. So they need to have more local service to pick people up. In closing, is there anything you'd like to say about the buses and the situation that we're currently facing? Well, what I would say, this message would be more towards the passengers and the elected officials and management. One, I think the passengers really need to advocate. Um, they need to stop complaining, but they also need to start going to the senators and their assemblymen and saying, listen, if you want my vote, you, you have to do A, B, and C. If you're not going to do that, we're not going to vote for you. Same thing with me. I held my elected officials accountable. And, you know, we're forming a democratic club where I live because I've already put my elected officials on notice. I'm disgusted with them. Uh, I'm not happy with their performance. I think every elected official should do an independent audit of the buses and see if they're coming in the morning. They should also do ADA compliance, which is very important. And every elected official should do a tour of every train station in the neighborhood to look for problems. I think the elected officials need to start being proactive rather than reactive. And in terms of the, you know, the, the management, I think the problem is you have people like Joe Loder, he's not a transportation professional. And you need a transportation professional that's actually worked their way up through the MTA system to run the MTA. You know, like you need someone who's been a conductor, a motorman, and like this you understand the system. Um, and a lot of the bus drivers, conductors that I speak to, um, they tell me, they laugh. Because like the new managers that came in recently, some of them are not empty employees. No, they were brought, like, in, they were brought in from like customer service places from like 
I think Andy Byford said something like UPS and you and like American Airlines or yes. something. It's like, yeah, these are paragons of customer service right here. It's just like you're not bringing in people who understand transit. It's kind of like Sarah Meyer. Sarah Meyer is a, is a marketing executive with no transit experience on her resume, but she is supposed to understand our problems. She's the one who releases the press releases about our challenges. You know, things were challenging today. It's like, yeah, they were. Oh. Our challenging challenges, yeah. I would tell Sarah Maya, and this is something I told Sarah, you know, she needs to have a weekly meeting with passengers to see what went wrong, what went right, and also the MTU should employ undercover passengers to look for problems in the system. And also Twitter. All they need to do is read Twitter and Facebook. They're not doing that. If Andy Byford would take, you know, an hour, two hours a week to read Facebook and Twitter, I think he would get a much better handle of how he's doing. And I think he needs to stop boasting. He keeps saying, oh, we're doing better, we're doing better. We're not. The agency is a disaster. And, you know, now that winter's coming, I think this year, last year was really bad with the homeless. And I think this year's going to be even worse. And I don't know if you know this, but the MT is spending $8 million to the Bowery Center for that contract to oh. remove the homeless. Oh. So my issue is if the Bowery Residence Committee is getting all this money, who the hell is holding them accountable no to make one. sure that services are being provided? No one's holding them accountable. It, it, here's the thing that Larry Sharp said. He's running for governor. I interviewed him. He said there's no accountability because nobody is running the show. It's just like no one wants to take responsibility for it. Therefore, nobody's held accountable. Therefore, nothing gets done. Well, de Blasio said he wanted to take the MT over the other day. I don't know if you heard that. And he, Corey Johnson. No, he can't. No, neither one of them. Neither one of them, I think, would be able to handle it. It's 15 million people. It services 15.3 million people. It's bridges, it's tunnels, it's LIRR, it's Metro North. And with um, Penn Station, you're dealing with Amtrak and New Jersey Transit. Well, it's way bigger than they, than they think. It's more than this. just the subways. But you know the the buses in Queens, the MT bus company, mm -hmm. is actually owned by the city of New York. The city of New York, you know the private companies, Jamaica Bus, Green Bus Lines, Triborough, those used to be the private companies okay. that the city used to run under Department of Transportation. So what happened was in 2006, they did a big merger of all the companies, and that's now called the MT bus company. So even though the MT runs the services, the city of New York reimburses them to run the service. So actually, the mayor does run a part of the MTA. No. He does. And one of my issues... See, I didn't know that. One of my issues with the... And now I do. Yeah. And also the depot owner, his name is Jerome Cooper. He recently passed away. He used to be the owner of all the private bus companies. He's getting millions of dollars for the lease of the garages. Uh, but yeah, that was the deal for them to flip over. Oh, to it just gets MTA. better. It gets better. Better. So, so much corruption everywhere. <laughs> so my problem is, is that, you know, the city of New York, if they wanted to add more service on the Q60, they could do it because the Q60 is run by the MTA bus company. The MTA, not New York City Transit. New York City Transit is a separate agency. It has subways and buses. So that one of the issues what the unions have issues with is they don't they cannot pull supplemental bus service because they have clauses in the contract with the takeover. When the city did the takeover, there was a lot of complicated provisions. Like for instance, you know when the uh, Long Island Railroad's not running? Mm -hmm. MT Bus Company does the railroad shuttle. 
So a lot of times they'll send buses from Far Rockaway all the way to Hicksville to okay. run the railroad shuttle. Also, Baisley Park Depot on Linden Boulevard, they do all the shuttles in Suffolk County. Sometimes they take buses to Connecticut to do the Metro North shuttle. So the problem is, is that why are New York City Transit buses getting that work? And MTA bus drivers actually make less than New York City Transit bus drivers. Mm. Yeah, and that's never ever been, that contract negotiation has never ever really been, you know, finalized where they get equal pay for equal work. Um, so that's a big issue. Um, but I will say this, you know, when Bloomberg did the bus transfers, one good thing that came out of it was we got the Q53 articulated buses down Woodhaven Boulevard, uh, so that was nice. Also in my community, the buses are better, but what I have noticed since MT took over the private companies, they're cutting service in some areas. More affluential communities like Astoria, they have more bus service. Whereas in my neighborhood, we're still running on 20-minute headways during rush hour. That's unacceptable. Right. And the buses are so packed. Like on the Q110, there's a bus that comes at 9 o'clock, 9.20, 9.40. 10 o'clock, 10.20, 10.40. That's unacceptable right. during rush hour. And, you know, when they first did the takeover, I fought with the agency and I said, look, I said, you guys need to add more buses. So what happened was they actually had the bus drivers and the dispatchers doing an emergency count. And it turned out, we, we only had three buses an hour. We got six buses at seven o'clock. But that was a, in 2006. To this date, we have not gotten any more service at uh, nine, 10, 11. In fact, after 12 o'clock, after 12.30, the next bus is at 1.30. And I feel it's unfair, because you know the illegal cause mm -hmm. are making more money then they could be using the buses. Okay. And it's not right. I think it's racist what they're doing. Okay. So that's just my comments. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you for your time. Sure. And thank you for sharing the bus situation. Sure. So everybody knows that everything is not so great above ground either. Also, in closing, I would say one thing. Okay. I would urge all your listeners to call the elected officials and please tell them right now, I don't know if you know this, but empty buses do not receive, uh, New York City Transit buses do not receive federal funding. Only empty bus company does. The so one that's run by the city. Right, which the empty gets reimbursed by the city. So the problem with that is, is that a lot of New York City Transit buses are not meeting state standards, safety standards on the road. Oh. They're having a lot of breakdowns. And that's a big issue. Even cleaning and maintenance is a big issue. But if you look at, you know, other buses, like you see New Jersey Transit, they have to meet federal and state compliance standards. They take it into shops mm. to be inspected. And also I would urge everyone to please call your elected officials, call the governor, and beg them to bring back Long Island bus. Because, you know, the MTA, when the MTA made all the budget cuts, the richest county in the nation, Nassau County, lost its reliable bus service. And Nice Bus is very unreliable. Um, their buses break down. Many of my friends have been left stranded for hours, okay? And it's run, Nassau County is being taken over by the cabs. Cabs are charging 40 bucks to go from Hicksville to Mineola. I mean, it's a mess, it's a okay. mess. So okay. I would just say that, and if there's anything I could say to Andrew Cuomo, mm -hmm. it would be please bring back Long Island bus. Okay. That's what I would say to him. Okay.
Well, thank you for your time. Sure, sure. Thank you thank so you. much for having me. So what did we learn from Charlton today? For those who don't ride the buses, we learned a lot. We learned how buses move but get nowhere at the same time. Our bus riders in Staten Island, in the Bronx, and large parts of Queens are bearing the brunt of casual removal of bus services to a population demanding and starving for transit. Of course, the perpetual ignorance of the board when it comes to the riders and their concerns. The fact of the matter is this. Our bus riders are facing challenges that those of us underground don't always face. We complain about night service a lot with the trains, but the train eventually does in fact show up. Sometimes the buses don't even show up, and it's late, and it's dark, and it's cold, and it's snowy, or it's raining, or it's unbearably hot. Sometimes they just don't show up. That's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. Also, routes are not planned well, and they sometimes add hours to people's commutes. What you need to do is speak to your bus riders. Seriously, you need to speak with them. You need to ride with them. You need to understand what their needs are. You need to go to Staten Island. You need to go with them and see what their issues are. You need to go to places like the Northeast Bronx where they're, they're starving for transportation. You need to go to parts of North Queens where it takes them 45 minutes by a bus to get to a train station so they can get to work. You have to understand what they go through. You have to ride in order to understand. And you don't ride, so you don't understand. So you need to start, as this, as Charlton said, you need to start doing, you need to do sort of an undercover boss thing and just ride and see what the problems are. Because only when you ride do you understand the problems. And of course, you should do that with the trains too. And again, as I always say, I'd pay good money to see Andy Byford get on the R train at 95th Street in Bay Ridge, go all the way through to where it terminates in 71st Street in Queens. I'd pay good money to see that. Again, mass transit is what made New York City the financial, social, and cultural center it is. And if mass transit dies... The city dies with it. And again, we can't allow this to happen. We need to be proactive and contact our politicians. We need to let them know to fund, to advocate, to demand that we have better transportation here in the city because it's appalling and it's not acceptable anymore. While this episode was not particularly a political episode, the MTA however, is a political organization, and we have elections coming up. I encourage any politician to talk to me. I may not agree with you politically, but we can still talk transit and the MTA. Color, creed, sexual orientation, and political affiliation doesn't matter. We are all just trying to get to work. General Election Day is November 6. Also vote. Get out and vote. If you have not registered, Register to vote. You can pick up a registration form at any municipal office. You can call 1-866-VOTE-NYC and they will send you a registration form and you can mail it back. You can also register online. Go to Board of City Elections in the City of New York and you can register there. 
As Bob Schieffer's mother used to say, go out and vote. It makes you feel big and strong. For those youngins who don't know who Bob Schieffer is, get your Google on and Google him. I used to watch him every Sunday morning on my Sunday morning nerd show, Face the Nation. Anyway, regardless of your political affiliation, go out and vote. Let your voice be heard. That's it, everyone. Thank you for listening, and I hope Charlton and I gave you something to think about and chew on. Remember, we're all in these tin cans together, above ground and below ground, and in order for this to work, we all have to participate, or just be supportive and be in my amen corner. Here are a few spots where you can reach out. Thank you to Charlton for participating. Find Charlton at Twitter at at Charlton D'Souza1, and that's C-H-A-R-L-T-O-N-D-S-O-U-Z-A and the number one. Find me. My email is podcastsarah at gmail.com. Podcast is hosted on anchor.com. On Twitter, you can find me at exenezoom, and that's E-X-E-N-E-Z-O-O-M, where I employ the hashtag HowsAndysCommute whenever I complain to the MTA about my commute or your miserable commute. You're welcome. Also, someone asked me the other day, is how's Andy's commute? Is that for Andy Byford or is that for Andrew Cuomo? The fact of the matter is, until, you know, Governor Cuomo goes away, it could be interchangeable. But it started out as, you know, something towards Andy Byford. But for right now, you could use it against him too. Let him know. How's your commute going today? And I encourage all of you to use the following hashtags. 40% is failing. Hashtag not acceptable. Hashtag 118 of 472, hashtag let us ride. Instagram, lights at the end of the tunnel, one big word. Facebook, lights at the end of the tunnel. SoundCloud, lights at the end of the tunnel. Spotify, lights at the end of the tunnel. Google Podcast, lights at the end of the tunnel. Although this app is only available for Android users. Breaker Social Podcast, lights at the end of the tunnel. Radiopublic.com, lights at the end of the tunnel. Pocketcasts, Lights at the end of the tunnel. Overcast.com. Lights at the end of the tunnel. Thanks to Ox on the Roof for the intro music. Follow them on Twitter at Ox Roof Music. Also SoundCloud at Ox on the Roof. And Instagram, Ox on the Roof. So reach out and share. The only way for this to be successful is to work together. We need to shine a light so bright they can't ignore us. Shine brightly, everybody.